Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. DraftKings is not only this hack's favorite sports book, but also America's top-rated sports book. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's, it's easy to navigate and has plenty of instructions for newbies and nearly limitless ways for you to get in on the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know because they've been texting me as such, and I know you will too. So listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 inside credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if your team comes home, you win $100 inside credits. Now, don't forget... DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds on promotions such as baseball, hockey, Major League Baseball, MMA, and plenty others. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on any basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. Newcomers only. Wager paid out inside credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And now Semenko out in front of the goal, pounding away at Joe Kocher, who's down on the ice, holding the back of his head. Um, you know, actually, what, what really surprised me, especially with Twitter being like Leaf Nation, was Grimson over Colt Nor. That actually, that voting really surprised me. I didn't think that would happen. Don't forget to catch the Fourth Line Voice Podcast wherever you find your podcast. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Mark Bergevin. And everybody goes on and on with the whole PK thing and blah, oh, and he hated him because he doesn't like fun and blah, blah, blah. I have heard from a few people that Mark Bergevin's hilarious. No, this guy was a riot. Yeah, he would uh, be at the bar and he's like, oh, I just had a penis colada. And the girls would like give a double take and be like, what? He's like, yeah, I had the penis colada. You know, I, it's not bad. You know, enforcer based podcasting wherever you get podcasts from. Hello and welcome to a special edition of, well, not the Grit and Barrett podcast, nor Game Over. This is a Hacks Stanley Cup Finals preview. My name is Richard Blosser. Thank you for joining me here on the Hockey Podcast Network. You may remember two months ago, I did something like this to where I ran down every single matchup and gave you my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock, guaranteed not to go wrong, Cup Finals of Colorado and Washington. Ha, ha, ha. 
<laughs> I was wrong. We all were. The finals are a lot different than what we thought it would be. It's been a wild ride these past two months. But before we take a look at the Stanley Cup Finals, let's see how all the other contestants did. Hold on to your butts, because it's going to be a bumpy ride. By going to St. Louis, Missouri and St. Louis Blues, you were swept right out. So long, goodbye. Now don't feel bad. This would have happened to anybody that was put in this scenario against the Avalanche. The Avalanche were going to dominate and destroy their inferior opponent. Whether it would have been you, whether it would have been Arizona, would have been LA, maybe Anaheim, or the Sharks. <laughs> I can't even say it and keep a straight straight face. Uh, but seriously, they're blues. You've got a lot to look at this offseason. 60% of your contracts this year are expiring. You may have to sign players just to get above the protected minimum. And speaking of minimum, your core is pretty much done. I hate to admit it, but Steen retired. Tarasenko can't stay healthy. Ryan O'Reilly might be regretting his life decisions. Peter Angelo went off to Vegas. And Jordan Bennington is fighting anybody that looks at him cockeyed. At least you got a Stanley Cup out of this team. Enjoy it as you fall back into mediocrity. Up next, we go to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And what was that sugar, honey, and iced tea Oilers swept right out of the first round against Winnipeg? Winnipeg. Weren't you supposed to be some sort of team? Some sort of cup contender? All I saw was Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisdeidel, and a bunch of no-shows. Where the hell was the depth? Pauly Arvey had a goal. Where was James Neal? Slater Cuckoo? Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Ethan Bear? Okay, that's unfair to bear. That's not fair to bear. But anyway, where, where was the so-called depth on this team? It's not that hard when it comes to the playoffs. Your top two scorers get neutralized, and you force the rest of the team to beat you. You couldn't buy scoring depth if it was offered to you. I'm getting really tired of trying to stick up for this team because you left Mike Smith to die in his crease. He got no help from that so-called defense. That three-goal lead you gave up? That was pretty much the beginning of the end. You got beaten by Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor, a fourth-round draft pick from a few years ago. That's what ends it. The most productive person in all of Edmonton was the Bud Light Seltzer guy who was sitting in Winnipeg through triple overtime. That was the most exciting thing you did during the playoff series. Get the hell out of here. There's the door. F off. You are now the Washington Capitals of Canada. Failures and underachievers at every turn. And speaking of... We go to the Capital District of Washington, D.C. Well, Tom Wilson scored the first goal of the playoffs. You had that. You won game one in overtime. That's good. Unfortunately, it was all downhill from there. I know Capitals fans are going to whine and cry that Game 4 was the, was the end. Oh no, oh no, friends. Game 2 was when death happened. You had that game, but Boston tied it up late. Okay, fine. But a lazy outlet pass out of the zone by Dylan kept the puck in the zone. 1-2 passing over to Brad Marchand, who's covering him, and he scores. Boston retook control at home, and it was all over. Samsonov, yes, he may have messed up, but Justin Schultz is just as guilty. 
Craig Smith beat him to a puck that he just lazily skated toward. There was a complete and utter failure on that play. Game 5 was death in D.C. A regression to the norm. Now heading into the expansion draft, you've got some serious decisions to make. The team wants to possibly send Kuznetsov elsewhere, maybe to Seattle. Oshie's old head coach is now the head coach of the Kraken, and you might end up losing one or two of your former Penguins off to the Kraken anyway. I know you loved signing players from your rivals for the lulls, but maybe it's time to tap into that prospect depth. You know what earns other teams Stanley Cups every once in a while, but why do that when we can just sign Sedano Chara and his busted knee for another year? I have no room to talk about this next team because we go to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and oofta, this hurts. I really thought this team had a chance. Cup contenders? No, 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 no. But win the first round and possibly have another Washington and Pittsburgh second round matchup? Sure, that was completely on the table. But what happened to the Pens? Complete another collapse. They were up two games to one after winning a hard-fought game in Game 3 at Nassau County Veterans War Memorial Coliseum. Not an easy place to get a win. Game 4, they got absolutely blown the hell out of Nassau. Okay, fine. The Islanders are not going to lose two in a row at home. That happens. Game 5, Jari's gaff. We might point to that as a horrible move, and it was, but the game should never have gone to overtime to begin with. You were up to nothing in that game. The power play was clicking. You dominated for two periods. Then what'd you do? Took the foot off the gas. Back come the Islanders, tied in the third. It's nail-biting time as you go into overtime. And what does Jari do? Oh, I'm going to do my Martin Brodeur impersonation, and oh no, here comes... Matt Barzell, Matt Martin, who the hell cares? It's in the back of the net, and it's over. Game six was absolute death there in Nassau. You couldn't do anything to save your life. The Islanders smelled blood and took advantage of every single mistake that you made. Now you've got some choices heading into the offseason. Do you keep Jeff Carter? Do you find a way to keep Jason Zucker around? Is there anything in the pipeline you can go get? And now Marc-Andre Fleury might be coming back to Pittsburgh. Again, it's an annual summertime tradition. Could Marc-Andre Fleury be coming back? They want to get rid of Jari. The fans want a veteran goaltender. (sighs) When will they ever learn? At least we won't have GMGR, Jim Rutherford, to screw up this offseason. Up next, we go down to Florida team. Well, that was fun while it lasted, wasn't it there, Panthers? Game one was absolutely amazing. The Battle of Florida. Tampa is without Stamkos and Kucherov. You're a young up-and-coming team. Hell, the analytic hipsters actually like you. You have uh, Patrick Hornquist out for blood trying to prove himself and piss off every Penguins fan. Hint, it's working. But wait a minute. What's that? Oh my God, that's Steven Stamkos' music. And that's Nikita Kucherov that's with him. Son of a bitch, they're not supposed to be here. And what happened? Tampa kills you. That's pretty much what happened. It was a hard-fought game one in an absolutely rabid BBNT center, or whatever the heck they're calling it. But Brandon Point was able to score with 90 seconds to go and breaks a tie there in the third. That proved it. You're not on Tampa's level. Your goaltending went from Bob to Drager, Back to Bob, there is hints that even Spencer Knight was going to start. You have three goaltenders, i.e. you have none. 
Bobrovsky's contract is more and more of an albatross. Drager might get shipped off during the offseason. And Spencer Knight, well, are you going to be able to develop him with Bobrovsky's big freaking contract? I'm smelling buyout territory for him. Panthers, you might have a bright future with Barkov coming back next year. But you're going to need some help to plug a few holes. But you're back. Kind of. Huzzah. We go to Nashville, Tennessee, and, well, this was a bit of overachieving. You guys actually made this a really fun series against the Carolina Hurricanes. I thought they were going to come out and straight up destroy you, but you hung tough with them. Got an overtime win here and there. Yossi Saros is starting to show like he's going to take over the pipes. You're not the dominating form you were a couple years ago, but you're starting to get some of that swagger back. That Nashville gold is starting to look good once again. You forced a Game 6 into overtime to humiliate the Carolina Hurricanes and take it back to a Game 7 in Raleigh. You got this. You're going to be able to take this series back to Nashville. And oh my God, you let in a blue line floater. How the hell did Soros not see that? What the? No, 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 no. No. I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to get mad. This team overachieved. Let's just... Go on, Nashville. Titans training camp starts in a few months. You can look forward to that. I'm not going to get mad at this, and neither should you guys. You had a good you had a good second half of the season. Build upon that, and we'll see you next year. We go to Ontario, Toronto. I really messed that up, but hey, this is live. Canada. And game seven again? How hard is this, Toronto? How hard is this? You were up 3-1 to one on Les Inhabitants de Montreal. Up 3-1. to freaking one. Yes, Carey Price was in God mode, but you had the emotion on your side. JT got taken out in the first game. You won games 2, 3, and 4 for his honor. All you had to do was close a game out on the road, and you lose in overtime. Okay, fine. Montreal's not going to go down quietly, but you... 2-0 in a Game 7. You even raised your fans' expectations up to have false hope there in Game 7, but you just died. There was nothing out of you this year. What the hell is scoring depth? Where was Spencer? Where was Jumbo Joe in all this? You're paying Austin Matthews a ridiculous amount of money. He was in the Rocket Richard conversation this year, and it seemed like nobody wanted to step up and take over a game. You had three chances to do this. Again, you keep doing this. Look, I'm not even saying this just because I want to see the Leafs as an organization succeed. I don't. I wanted more Steve Dangle videos. But instead, another year, another sad post-Game 7 video out of that man. For God's sakes, that man had a baby in a pandemic. Give the man some hope. Give the province some hope. They need it. And you couldn't even do that. You failed. Now, you think this is bad? Go check out your draft picks and your draft and your cap space for next year. It ain't pretty. What I'm trying to tell you is this. This was your last chance. Now go. Get out of here. I mean it, Toronto. Go. There's a door. Leave. I'm done with you. You're not what? No. Leave the cafe. Get out. Get out and leave your loyalty card behind. We go to Minnesota there, eh? Well, gosh, diddly darn it there. 
Oh, cheese and crackers, I tell ya. Oh, I thought the boys were really going to do it there this year. Mm, that Caprell Kaprizov. Oh, you know, he, he, that sounds like a pre-son I give my kids after a Little League game there, don't you know? Oh, those those boys, they really tried hard this year. They really did. They're, that fo Those forwards, oh, they're a lot of fun. They have the passing, and they shoot, and they score. Oh, they were so much fun to watch. I, I, I thought we could really give it to those no-good uh, Las Vegas uh, Golden Golden Knights. That's what they call themselves. Why can't they just call them a simple name like the Wild? That's what we're called. We're called nature. We're not. We're not that uh, flashy honky tonky stuff there in uh, Los Angeles. There, don't you know? But gosh darn it! Oh, dude, that really rubs my dander up. That really ruffles my feathers that we lost again. But we played so good. It's another year, another beer here at the bar this year and as long as we can build around Kaprizov we're gonna be fine we get some good boys from Iowa we're just gonna be fine Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait a second. Checks phone. Kaparo Kaprizov entertaining ideas of going back to the KHL after one year in the NHL and nearly winning the Calder. General Manager Billy Guerin, white courtesy phone. Paging General Manager Billy Guerin, please pick up the white courtesy phone. Up next, we go to Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, and... Jets, you got priced. That's pretty much what happened. I just don't know. You played so well in the previous series. You made us all laugh at Edmonton, and you just thought, well, that's good enough. Montreal just beat you, whether it was by speed, goaltending, or pesky neutral zone defense. You just didn't have enough. With Mark Shifley suspended, it just wasn't enough there in the pipeline to hang with them. With the Winnipeg Jets, I wonder, is this really the best they can do? Another second-round exit? I really feel like this team missed its chance a few years ago when they lost to Vegas in the Western Conference Finals. I'm just not sure if there's enough in the pipeline to put this team up and over the edge. And if we go back to more traditional uh, divisional lineups next year, they're not going to have enough to, to hang. You know, Minnesota's still really good. Dallas could bounce back. Nashville's really good. Colorado, dear God, Colorado. I'm just not sure about the Jets. Once again, they really missed their chance a few years ago in the Western Conference Finals. I'm sorry, Jets. I really am. Good luck, lads. We go to Boston, Massachusetts, and in the words of one of my favorite YouTubers, thank God I don't have to pretend that I like this team anymore. Boston took on the Islanders, and they had nothing. They were back to a one-line team of Pasta, Marchand, and Bergeron. I don't care what this team tried to throw at them. They had nothing to answer the Eggman a cuckoo kachoo. The Islanders just completely neutralized any sort of scoring depth this team thought they had. So let me ask you, Beantown, who's the scapegoat this year? 
Krejci, Coyle, Clifton, Fretik, Richie, Jacob DeBrusque. You sure as heck can't blame Tuka Rask this year. Let's hope you kind of lay off the mean tweets this year. But let's not matter about that, Boston, because the Red Sox are looking really good down the road. And Patriots training camp starts in about a month. You'll get over this. You'll remember the Bruins exist uh, probably somewhere around Thanksgiving. We'll see you next year, Beantown. We go to Raleigh, North Carolina, and dear God, this team just died. The Tampa Bay Lightning took all their ambitions of a deep playoff run and just kicked this team square in the nuts. The so-called scoring depth of Nikas, Bean, Ajo, and Jordan Stahl, nope, not on Andre Vasilevsky's watch. You thought you were, you thought... Peter Morazic was going to be your savior in this. The man had one good game that Jordan Stahl won him in overtime. So we're going to start him in in game four on the road, whether it's four or three. I forget which one, but stay with me on this. And you know what happened? Eight goals in one period. Not all by Tampa, mind you, but eight goals in one period. Tampa ended up winning that game after they slowed the action down. Afterwards, it was back-to-back losses, and Tampa choked you right out. Now, I'm not saying you Islanders, I'm not saying the Hurricanes are bad. You're not. But this team, I feel like, needs veteran depth, a veteran presence, somebody like like a a Matt Molson, for example, an old-timer to tie all these kids together and know how to get the, uh, uh, I guess, maximum efficiency out of them. Well, we have Jordan Stahl. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you you have Jordan Stahl. Move it aside. Just, I don't know. I don't know who's out there for you to get. I don't know who. Don't bring him Justin Williams. He's too old. But um, I don't know. This team just feels like it's missing a little something extra. Hopefully, Nadalkovic can develop more over the offseason and you get a little bit more consistent goaltending. Just don't bring back Morezic. Please don't. Somewhere, Detroit's laughing at all this. Up next, we go to, oh, God. Denver, Colorado. What the hell, Abs? Wasn't this supposed to be your year? Wasn't this supposed to be your time? I jinxed this team, didn't I? Didn't I? You won the first two games against Vegas. Hell, you slaughtered them in game one. Well, game one was a lot of rust because Vegas came off of a seven-game series and you were coming off of a sweep. You took game two there at home. All seemed right. All seemed well, but... Kiss Vegas's butt because they will see you in hell. And you just collapsed. Everything just fell apart like an avalanche. Game 5 was at home there in Denver. You had a 2-0 lead, but boy, Vegas fought right back. And in overtime, you threw everything you could at Marc-Andre Fleury. Hell, you even had a nice rebound come right out in front that could have ended it. So what happened about 20 seconds later? Your defense got greedy. A blue line shot got blocked and Mark Stone was off to the races. Mark Stone. He's end up to beat Flurry and Vegas steals one on the road. You're absolutely shell-shocked and can't recover from it. After that, Vegas just took advantage of their home ice and just absolutely blew you the F out. This is a cup contender? You can't win a game six on the road when you're down? Last year, we blamed COVID and injuries. Okay, fine. Two years ago, you were just starting out. But this is becoming a trend. This is worrisome, Avalanche. I mean, what do you do from here? 
I mean, honestly, do you just say, oh, well, it just wasn't our year. We'll be back next year. There is no guarantees in the hockey world. You could be dead last next next year. Don't take runs like this for granted there, Avalanche. I jinxed his team, didn't I? God damn it. Up next, we go to Las Vegas, Nevada. And <laughs> oh, Vegas, 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 Vegas. When will you learn? Here you are once again in the Western Conference Finals facing an opponent you should be able to easily beat. Your fan base is getting a little cocky, aren't they? Stealing fans' flags, cheerleaders walking away from fights, the rowdy fans there at T-Mobile Arena. Now, I defended you because, well, we all have those kind of fans, don't they? All fans have those bad apples. For some odd reason, the internet's turning you into the Pittsburgh Penguins of the West Coast. Why? Well, they had an expansion draft that's really made them good. Uh, only 10 players from that original squad is still around on this team. Well, Ryan Reeves is a dirty player. He's not playing right now. Well, Marc-Andre Fleury. Ah. I was hearing all the excuses on Twitter. Unfortunately, you played right into it. Your Twitter account absolutely blew up over this period. No one outside of Las Vegas likes you. And the hockey gods turned it against you. Marc-Andre Fleury returned to meme form there in Game 3. A game you should have won. There's no guarantee you would have won the series, but a 2-1 lead up there in, in Montreal, you could have played with that. You could have actually been up in the series three games to one, coming back to Vegas instead of being tied at two. You threw in Robin Lehner, who actually was able to get you a victory, but that just wasn't enough for the fan base. Start Flower, they say. Throw him in there, they say. And then came game six. A game you fought and scraped and clawed to get back into. You should have had this, shouldn't you? Right, right, wrong. Counterattack defense? Getting the puck past the center ice on a neutral zone trap? What the hell is that? An impromptu two-on-one promptly ends your season. Robin Lehner was left to die in his crease for you. And now Montreal is marching on and you're being sent home again. Look, Vegas, I'm going to explain this to you real simple. Where's your scoring depth in all this? Where's Tuck? Where's Patches? Where's Marchie? Where's Carlson? Any of those guys show up and you take this series easily. Carey Price was good, but he wasn't God form, and you could have beaten him. But instead, you just pound your drums late into the night and just saying, because we're Vegas, we're going to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. You need to get your shit together. To quote Morty from Rick and Morty, get your shit together. Put it in a bag or something, but get your shit together, Vegas, because this isn't going to last. You're getting spoiled, cocky, and arrogant, and the gods have noticed. We all honestly thought that this was going to be one last run there at Veterans County Memorial Coliseum. The Islanders won game one against Tampa. Maybe this plucky young squad without Andres Lee could actually pull this off. Their feel-good story to keep Fort Never Lose open was awe-inspiring. The internet loved it, Twitter was rooting for him, and fan videos were back. My God, it was glorious. But the Tampa Bay Lightning, they care not for your feel-good stories. They just do not care. And there wasn't enough scoring depth to hang with Tampa. Game 5, the Lightning flexed their muscles and beat the tar out of you in a 7-1 game. That should have been the red flag. It wasn't enough. But in Game 6, 
It was one last feel-good moment. Anthony Bavalier got an overtime goal that sent the Coliseum into a fever pitch. Beer cans and beer were being thrown onto the ice. The tut-tuttery from Twitter was delicious, honey. While fans said it's just a term of affection or it's a big party, Game 6 seemed like the moment in an anime where the girl tells the hero that she loves him before he goes off into a fight. He looks into his eyes and says, I love you back. And he kisses her and says goodbye to him, to her. But it's the way of a goodbye, like he's not going to be coming back. And it felt like the Islanders weren't going to be coming back. Game 7, Tampa Bay crushed them. 21 shots on goal the entire game, one nothing. A shorthanded goal by Yanni Gord, a cast-off from San Jose is what ends it. Simeon Varlamov did nothing wrong. This team did nothing wrong. Could Andres Lee have prevented this? Who knows? Could Pajau and others done a bit more? Probably. It just wasn't meant to be, Islanders. I feel sad. I really do. I really wanted you to go on. And the rest of the hockey world did too. Sleep easy, Nassau County Veterans War Memorial Coliseum, i.e. Fort Never Lose. We'll miss you there, buddy. And Islanders, keep your stick on the ice. We're now at the Stanley Cup Finals. We now have our two combatants. So coming out of the Western Conference is the Montreal Canadiens. Western Conference champions. Great, that's something they could hang up there in Bel Centre. It'll be the first time ever they'd have it. I don't think they've ever been Western Conference champions. I don't think so. Even in the original six, there was no Western... Anyway, sorry, I'm overthinking this. Sorry. Well, les inhabitants de Montreal. Nobody thought they were going to get this far. But then, Carey Price went super sane. They found their young talent in Kukikianen. Maybe that was going to be enough. Maybe this plucky young talent with Paul Byron and a budding star in Kurt Suzuki would be enough. But it turns out, it has been. The Montreal Canadiens are playing a mutant neutral zone trap that's clogged up many offensive-based teams. It messed up Toronto, it messed up the Jets, and it absolutely gave the Vegas Golden Knights fits. But it's been their backstop. Carey Price, a man who has just been wielding this team to victory. When teams say you build around a goaltender, here's your reasoning. You look at Carey Price. Sure, he's had a bad year here and there, but he's really stepped up his game the past two years. Get on my back, he cries. I shall lead you to victory. It seems like more and more that last year's series against the Penguins was a coming out party. The Canadians just needed to buy their time and hang around in this in the playoffs and caught fire at just the right time. This Canadians team is actually pretty likable, in my opinion. I don't really see somebody not to like among them. I'm over my Jeff Petrie hatred from last year. The young talent in Suzuki, Byron, Kukukinian, I keep saying his name wrong and I don't care, are all a lot of fun to watch. Other names are all over this lineup too. Guys I've never heard of and probably I should. But staring down them from the east. Well, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Your current reigning and defending Stanley Cup champions. This team is returning everybody. They found a loophole in the CBA to be able to bring Stamkos and Kucherov back. 
They're $9 million above the cap. Who cares? It's the playoffs. It's like betting $1 and the price is right. It's There's technically no rule against it, but it's still a bit of a dick move. Teams can cry that they flubbed the rules all they want, but this team is still loaded. Brandon Point rode a near 13-game point streak into these finals. The only time it was held without a point, Game 7, and they still had depth to spare. Kucherov looked like he was taken out, and we thought this might be its team's downfall. No, it was literally next man up. Brandon Point, Palat, and others all over this squad shows Tampa's depth. Their defense does enough to win. They might not get a lot of shutouts from time to time, but one goal games is more than enough. But speaking of goaltending, Andre Vasilevsky, perhaps one of the more quiet and underrated goaltenders in the entire league. Outside of Tampa, nobody knows who this kid is. He doesn't have the one-name luxury that other players such as Murray, Flurry, Price, Jones, Halleck, Rotina have. No, this kid just shows up in Tampa and does his best goddamn job. Thank you very much. He has been one of the better goaltenders, a constant Vesna candidate. The team couldn't ask any more than what Vasilevsky does. It's actually quite admirable. Outside of the whole CBA thing that they've done, there's nobody really unlikable with Tampa either. These are two teams that has scoring depth and speed. So who's going to take home Lord Stanley's Cup? Well, this hack thinks it's going to be Tampa in five. Yes, I'm picking a short series that I am. The reason being, uh, Tampa's, I think they're too good. Their depth would be too much for Montreal. Now, I know, I know, everybody's underestimated Montreal. You'll just be one of the haters. No, 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 no. Hear me out. I want Le Canadiens to win. I really do. I believe this is a great story. You saw what happened to Montreal in Game 7. Lord knows what they might do if they win a Stanley Cup. Hell, John Cooper, the head coach for the Tampa Bay Lightning, is even pushing for more capacity at Bell Center when they play up there next week. It's going to be very interesting times. But I just don't think Montreal has enough. I think Tampa will have no problem playing that neutral zone type game as well. Their scoring depth is more than enough to win these one nothing 2-1 type games. And we could get a very tight and perhaps, dare I say, a very boring finals with two elite goaltenders going after each other. Both these goalies are making a combined $19 million between both of them. And all the analytical nerds are out there saying, well, this is why you overpay goalies. This is why you pay 8 or $9 million for a goalie a year. <laughs> uh, then why the hell isn't Sergei Bobrovsky doing better? Hmm? So why the hell didn't Vancouver give Brandon Holtby 6 for 6? Hmm? Well, Jonathan Quick. Uh, I, shut up. You're, you're not... You're, you're not proving my point. But this will be a battle between two great goaltenders. And if you love defensive low-scoring hockey, then this could be the playoffs for you. But I'm saying Tampa in five. Now watch how horribly wrong I'm going to be. Thank you all for your time, listens, and downloads for this Hacks preview of the Stanley Cup Finals. Please make sure to listen to Bolt's 
broadcast and Habs Nightly for coverage of these two teams. Don't forget to listen to Game Over as we're heading into the second round and the semifinal teams. We'll have Game Over for the loser of this series and the winner and the winner's circle for whoever makes it to the finish line. Enjoy whatever hockey is left, ladies and gentlemen, because it will be a long time before we see another game that we care about. And as Red Green once said, keep your stick on the ice. I'll catch you next time. That's the end of the game. Oh, sit here. Thank you. Hey, I saw that. You gave up your seat for the woman with the oxygen tank. Always showing your good side. Know how else you could help her? Donate at Griffles Plasma. Because she also relies on plasma-based medicines. By donating at Griffles Plasma, you make it possible for patients to get where they're going in life. And that feels really good. Become a Griffles Plasma donor and you can receive up to $800 this month. Find a center at grifflesplasma.com.